mention then as a proud member of the Kaiju Ramen Podcast Network. Him. Shin. Standing by. Complete. Greetings, heroes of the internet. I'm Nathan. And I'm Michael. And we are the Henshin Men, a podcast that celebrates Japanese superheroes and their high-flying and high-kicking adventures. In this episode, we'll be discussing Mega Monster Battle Ultra Galaxy, the movie. Nathan, why am I here again? That's a good question. You want to tell the heroes of the internet why that is? <laughs> actually, it's for a good. It's actually for a really good reason because Travis needed to take this episode off because we are actually preparing to ship Kaiju Ramen Volume One, the physical copy. So as yes. as as we speak, Travis should be getting everything together because we got our order in for the Woo! physical copies of the magazine. Yay! Yay! Like a Kermit the Frog style there. Yeah. So, <laughs> so he need, he wanted he needed to take this this episode off. So I'm gonna fill in, and uh, I think we're gonna be discussing, uh, or we're gonna be. I'm sorry, we're gonna be re-uploading. Yes. So for this episode, we're going to be replaying an episode we did for Kaiju Weekly where we talked about an Ultraman movie because it fits in the purview of this podcast. Yes, it does. In fact, the funny thing is, this is the second time we've done something like this, and this is actually the first of those that we did. <laughs> we did Mega Monster Battle, Ultra Galaxy, the movie, hence why the title of this episode is Ultra Word Salad. <laughs> right. You know, I, I probably should have had a salad earlier. I had a cheeseburger. Uh, oh, I just, okay. You know, I'm, yeah. a, I'm an full, ultra I'm, cheeseburger, uh, an, no. ultra burger, an, an ultra burger, an ultra burger. I'm sure ultra there's a like, burger. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure there's a chain. I'm sure there's either a chain or there's a burger out there somewhere named the ultra burger. Well, there is an Ultraman themed restaurant in Japan. This is true. And this I want to go visit true. it someday. This is true. Hopefully one day I'll be able to make it over to Japan. I don't know. We'll see. It's yeah. all, it's all, it's a bucket list item for sure. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But anyway, yes, we're re-uploading this. <laughs> you get, so what you're about to hear is an abridged version of that episode. I took out the news segment and the mailbag segment from that. Mm -hmm. So if anyone is curious to hear the full uncut episode, I will leave a link to it in the show notes so you can go check that out but what you're about to hear is the bulk of the discussion that we have over this movie including one of my favorite plot synopses <laughs> and i'm hoping i'm hoping that we don't hit people over the skull with it so <laughs> see what skull. i did there yeah I see, see what i see i you see. said you you said the bulk and I said the skull, skull you know, the bulk and the skull, you yeah, know, trying yeah, to, trying yeah, to bring yeah. some continuity. Uh, thank yeah, you. Yeah. 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 Trying to bring some continuity between you and, and me uh, and, and the power, and the power trip, trip podcast. Uh, yeah. well, I, for a second, I thought you were referencing the fact that I, uh, that I just voiced Rito <laughs> on the audio drama, but <laughs> I don't have a clue what you're talking about, sir. It's not like it's, it's not like that's all I've heard about today. <laughs> 
So yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> All right, we're moving on. <laughs> we'll see you on the other side for the awards, people. All right, let's get it done. Get her done. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Kaiju Weekly, the weekly podcast that introduces you to the wide world of giant monster movies. I am your host, Michael of Ultra Power Type. And with me, I am joined by my special co-host, Ultra Nathaniel Sky Type. Here I come to save the day. <laughs> I'm doing a terrible job hiding the fact that I'm doing this OOC. <laughs> well, you, you are, you are. And uh, for anyone uh, who is, who's not even sure what the hell is going on. Um, <laughs> it's a very good question. Uh, we have had a time getting this. This episode is, has been cursed from the beginning uh, because it was supposed to be me and Travis were doing recording this episode, but unfortunately Travis got sick. And so this is, uh, this is me and Nathan throwing this w episode together last minute. Because and, Nathan, you're all, and you're already recording a day late because you were on Kaiju Kim's show yesterday. Yes, I'm already recording yeah. a day late because I decided to hang out with Kaiju Kim, which I do not regret. I told Kim last night, I said I would much rather hang out with her than even, wait, hang on. I shouldn't probably say that. Never mind. <laughs> Moving on. It's already on the record. So, <laughs> 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 yeah, and so and then Travis got sick, and then you you're like, hey, Marchand has no life, and then you called me out. <laughs> Actually, it's more like I you told me, he's like, I don't know if it's gonna happen, and I said, all right, throw me in. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can always count on you to step up and st step up and fill in if if we ever need to. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're basically you're basically the uh, you're basically the 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 Kaiju Weekly B team. And we only we only call you in whenever we need you. Well, yeah, and not to mention, I I would be more than happy to jump in and talk about tonight's subject. Oh, that's my phone going off. I'm sorry. <laughs> I forgot oh, well. to put it on mute. And uh, so tonight's subject is one that I would happily talk about. And I mean, obviously, I love your guys' show, and I will take any opportunity to continue to increase my lead on Elijah. <laughs> Also, I, also, I, I'm a narcissist and I love being on other people's shows because no truer words have ever been spoken. <laughs> no truer words have ever been spoken on the Kaiju Weekly podcast. Hey, just like I said the last time I was on, I'm your favorite three percenter. Just saying. <laughs> uh, so uh, this month. For anyone who is not aware, this month is Listener's Choice Month. So uh, last week, or no, this is actually the first, This I take that back. This is actually the first episode of Listener's Choice Month. So basically, we put out a poll on our social media, and we, and we gave them three options. Uh, we said, hey, would you like us to talk about Common Rider the Next? Would you like us to talk about Space Sheriff Gavin, which I've never heard of? <laughs> or... Would you like us to talk about Mega Monster Battle Word Salad from the Ultraman franchise? Uh, it's Mega Mega Monster Mega Monster Battle Ultra Ultra Galaxy the movie. There we go. Because it's, uh, it's yeah, well, but some people reverse that, so it's Ultra Galaxy Mega Monster Battle. Uh, whatever. Yeah, it, it, like I said, it's Ultra Word Salad. That's what it's, it's Ultra Word Salad. Or exactly. It'll generator the movie. One of the. I'm, 
if it was not so bad for SEO, I would literally call this episode ultra word salad, <laughs> but that's probably bad for SEO. You, you can put it in parentheses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. God, that'd be, that's already, it's already going to be the longest title so far on the show, Nathan. Come on. Um, <laughs> So uh, I'm going to read the results of the poll. We actually got only, we only got about 23, uh, 23 votes um, on our Twitter for this. So uh, let's see. uh, Space Sheriff Gavin got 18% of the vote. No, no surprise there. Cause I don't think a lot of, it was what a whopping one vote. (laughs) One or two. It was like one or two votes. I didn't go back and do the math. Um, But uh, we also had common writer, who got 30% of the vote, which I was kind of hoping that I kind of hoped that Connor Ryder would have get would, would have gotten a little bit more votes because I actually did watch uh, Travis and I reviewed uh common Rider the first mm-hmm. movie uh, a few months ago. I think it was, maybe it was last year. Yeah. I'm not a hundred. Maybe it was last year. No, it was and January. I remember. Was it? Oh, gotcha. So I was actually kind of, I was, I was actually kind of rooting for the common writer, the next movie, because I know you and Travis are, are in the middle of your Henshin men podcast. And yeah. I just think it would make his little heart happy that if we talked about common writer on the, on the, mm-hmm. on the yeah. podcast, yeah, he's but, his gospel of common writer. Yes. He's right preaching now. the gospel of common writer right now. He's preaching the gospel of every, he's actually preached the gospel so much uh, that I've started watch. I've started to watch Kuga. I'm about 15 episodes into Kuga, and I've actually kind of enjoyed. I've actually really enjoyed myself. So you need to watch the OG so you can follow along with us on Henshin Men. No, I'd rather not because of B people or the what is it? B woman. B woman. <laughs> you listened to today's episode, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> but but B cup. I'll leave it at that. Oh I- boy. <laughs> But to Travis's chagrin and my kind of pleasure, uh, Mega Monster Battle Ultra Galaxy, the movie, ended up with 52% of the vote. So, uh, surprise I, of no one. Surprise of no one. I mean, we've been so inundated and saturated with, uh, with Ultraman stuff. I am, I'm honestly surprised that the margins weren't bigger. But I'm really, I'm really happy though. Let me just say this I'm really happy that Common Rider, um, the next put up a really good fight in that poll. It seems like a lot of people really enjoy that movie. Uh, um, so what we did after we found out the winner, we went on our social media and we asked people, instead of asking a trivia question, we asked people say, Hey, how do you feel about uh, this particular movie with a very long title? So uh, Nathan, you care to start us off with our first uh, comment about this film? Uh, it's from Joe Jira. He says, great movie, but still don't know why Ultraman Dinah is there. That is a good question. I'm, we'll, probably, we'll probably get into that in just a little bit. Uh, the next the next answer came from the A to Z podcast, which is an Ultraman podcast. And they said, it's one of my favorites. Zero, uh, Zero is my favorite Ultra. Having seen Zero grow in Geed and become, become a master in Z, it's great to see how his adventure started. And not to mention seeing uh, Hayata and, and Dan Rep, uh, reprising their role. And I just want to say for the last time, not sure if that's the case. Maybe I just butchered the way that was read. Uh, probably so. That's the same actors. Is it? it yeah. Is. It's the same think- actors. In fact, they, those two actors, the face actors is what they call mm-hmm. them in Tokusatsu. Yeah. They're the, they're the, the actors that play the secret identities. Right. And they have stunt men doing the superhero stuff. 
the, uh, they uh, also did the voices of Ultraman and Seven. Interesting. I like, yeah, interesting. Uh, I mean, so, I jump, we're jumping ahead to the <laughs> to the fun fact section there. Yeah, let's let's yeah, let's fact section. <laughs> let's what what is it you say? Save it for the episode. So let's uh, save it for the rest of the, the episode. <laughs> let's save it for the show. So uh, care to read out our next comment, Nathan? <laughs> From uh, uh, the Dandy Man, Danny Demana. <laughs> the Dandy Man can. Uh, who uh, I just recorded with on my show. And as usual, it's got twice as much material as I should use. So editing is going to be fun. But he says, this is easily my favorite of the Ultra films. Its scope slash scale is ambitious and effective, and its VFX stand as one of the greatest fusions of digital and practical in the kaiju genre. This film opened up the world of Ultraman like never before and remains a, a spectacular experience. Despite the immense scale of the story and setting, the narrative stays focused and feels both intimate and special. And I don't know how to say this character's name, but uh, we'll do it like the podcast. Belial is a fascinating and entertaining villain and Zero an endearing hero. Also, the sheer number of ultras and monsters surely has to be a genre record. Wow. I agree. I, because I think in, well, we'll get into, we'll, we'll get into that in a minute. So, um, the next answer came from our friend Kaiju Menace and they said the best Ultraman movie to exist. This is one, this is one of the only Ultraman films that is just as good as any Hollywood blockbuster movie. The fights are so well done. We get some brand new amazing characters to the series and you could tell, and you could tell they had a big budget for it outstanding movie so well thank you kaiju menace for writing in and i agree it's uh it's it was really nice to see uh ultraman getting like the big the really big budget treatment because that's what this movie felt like it does and then next up we have one of the characters from my show because apparently Mm. he has a twitter anyway crystal lady jessica and uh, i don't did you copy and paste this because it apparently because that second sentence is just explaining the emoji? <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny that I copied and pasted this directly from from Twitter. I've never seen a, an emoji be transliterated into a sentence before. Well, it is. Li- listen, it is. It is in our notes, so you have to read it. Okay, well, here we go then. Uh, Travis will agree with me that Ultramen aren't as dreamy as common writers. And then the second sentence is smiling face with open mouth and tightly closed eyes face with tongue. Our next person, our next writer, uh, our next person that wrote in, uh, Joseph, I hope I say their last name correctly. Uh, Pelsier, 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 Pelser. I don't know. I, ho- I hope I didn't butcher your last name. If I did, I'm sorry. Let's just run through every possible pronunciation just to cover our bases. So Pelliker, Pelliker, Pelisier, Pelisier. Yeah. Pelisier. We're going to go with, okay, here we go. We're going to go with Pelisier. So anyway, I'm so sorry if we butchered your last name Um, (laughs) several times, several times over, but uh, they were kind enough to write in and say, I love everything about this movie. 
it was my first exposure to to the Ultra franchise, and I could not I couldn't have picked a better place to start. Zero is one of my favorite Ultraman, uh, Ultraman, and Belial is just amazing. The action is is great too. Even back then, I knew this was something special. And now, having watched more Ultraman shows, I can appreciate all and I can appreciate all it does. It's such a love letter to the franchise as a whole. The climax is absolute is an absolute masterpiece, and I could watch that on loop all day. And I one thousand percent agree with you, Joseph. Mm. Hmm. And then uh, we have a very short one here for some uh, from some weirdo named James from Nasada. James from Nasada. Hmm. Who could that oh. be? Uh, must be a new listener. I'm must not familiar be with this guy. Hmm. But what did James say? Uh, he says Zero might be Glenn in Ultraman form. I, think I mean, he's talking about astronaut Glenn. From I guess. Oh, man, was so he trying to say that if Nick Adams was still around, he'd voice Zero? You know, I would. I could see that. Yes, I think I would be behind that one thousand percent. I think so too. Hmm. Huh. That's something to think about. Well, thank you, Jack. The actual dub voice that they give him. <laughs> oh, God, the dub. <laughs> well, sorry. I love the fact that in the Japanese, Zero sounds like a punk, but then when every dub that I've heard, even though they're officially sanctioned by Subaraya, they just make him sound like traditional American superhero. No, I am Ultraman Zero. It's like, no, you're not. You're supposed to sound like a punk. <laughs> Because you are a punk. You're a young punk. And our last answer. Young punks. (laughs) Speaking of, yeah, speaking of young punks, uh, our last answer comes in from our very good friend, Elijah Thomas. Uh, This is you, man. (laughs) Of the Kaiju Conversations podcast. And I don't know if he wrote this himself. He's a poet, apparently. Apparently he's a poet because he wrote us, he he wrote us a poem. Yeah, yeah. Um, This is verse. I'm just. This is Twitter verse better, even better, even better. So, all right, let's dig in. Uh, Elijah writes, he stood there bright as the sun on that Canadian coast. He was a big nip. He was a big nipped boy on his own. He looked at, he looked at then he looked at them with those. He looked at them with those inflatable nipples. So innocent and so hairy. He knew right then he was too far from home. He was too far from home. He took his... God, have mercy. We need, to, t- we need to loop some some uh, some cool-sounding music for this, you know? I, or- I should. I should. <laughs> I should make this into a dramatic reading. In, in uh, Like, he took, he took his nips and led them along the golden beach. He'd watch the waves tumble o- over the sand. He walked for miles and miles up those twisted turning roads. Higher and higher and higher he climbed. And those yeti nipples in those Hollywood hills, he was looking so bright. Five out of five. <laughs> Apparently, I don't know if he's giving his own poem five out of five or if he's giving this movie five out of five. But if he's giving this movie five out of five, why in Godzilla's name did you make me read that? <laughs> because no one else could have read it better. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> So, yes, if you haven't figured it out by now, we are watching the Ultraman movie, Mega Monster 
battle Ultra Galaxy Large Monster, the Ultra Milky Way Legend from 2009. I don't quite think that's the right title for this movie, though. How many titles does this thing have? I I, I don't know. Is this this has to be the German title? I, it's, maybe I'm going to be honest with you. For a movie that's as big and epic as this is, it has the most boring, you know, just generically generated titles I've ever heard. Very much so. It so better in Japanese. It has to be. It has to translate better. I swear this has got to be the, this has to be the German title. Uh, Chris Degel, our friend from Germany. If this is the German title, please let us know. Uh, it could be the German title. It doesn't have Frankenstein in the name. This is true. This is true. I forget. <laughs> You're right. Tell us that, that uh, Ultraman Zero is King Kong in disguise. <laughs> There's a deep cut for you, folks. <laughs> Speaking of King Kong, the cast and crew list reads like this. Uh, Ray is played is played by Soda Miami. Shoda. Shoda, Shoda Miami. Minami. Uh, I've got this, Nathan. Trust me. Um, let me butcher it on my own. You don't <laughs> have to correct me. Uh, Shin Hayata slash Ultraman was played by uh, Susumo... Kurobi, uh, Dan Bora, Dan Moraboshi slash Ultra Seven was played by Koji Muritsugu. Okay, uh, Hayuga uh, was played by oh god, um, Hero Hero. Oh, you want me to crap. take this? <laughs> yes, please, please do, please take this. Yuga played by Hiroyuki Kunishi, Haruna played by Saki. Camirio, uh, Kumano, played by Mitsuto- Mitsutoshi Shundo, Oki, played by Toru Hachinoshi, Hachinohe, Musashi Haruno, played by Taiyo Sugiura, Shin Asuka, played, uh, played Ultraman Dina. Wait, is that the actor's name? No. Wait. Yes. I think. Something. Yes. Okay. I did. I should have fact checked this. Uh, <laughs> Mirai Hibino played Ultraman Mebius. Ultraman Belial, the voice, was Hiroyuki Miyasako. And Ultraman Zero was voiced by Mamoru Miyano. Beautiful. Beautiful, Nathan. And since you did so well with the cast and crew, uh, go ahead and read us our plot breakdown. All right, here you go. You'll probably want to loop in some really epic-sounding superhero music for this, or sci-fi. Just saying. All right, note for post-production. All right, here we go. On the distant planet green screen, the peaceful space Spartans go about their day until Super Satan escapes from a Borg cube and proceeds to dismantle all of them until he steals the Ultra MacGuffin, making it always winter and never Christmas. Afterward, the new guy joins forces with an intergalactic Pokemon trainer, the King of Ar- uh, the, the crew of King Arthur's Battlestar, and a pair of Ultra Boomers to take it back. Meanwhile, Super Satan goes to Kaiju Hell to recruit an army of monsters to conquer the universe. Of course! Our heroes work from the CGI Creature Legion, only to be saved by the Toku by the Toku Shonen after one of the Ultra Boomers tells him, I am your father. In desperation, Super Satan transforms into a beast that could barely be defeated by Lord Zed, and Toku Shonen gives zero craps and kicks him into a lava pit. 
the Ultra MacGuffin is returned, and everyone lives happily ever after. For five minutes until the Friday the 13th twist ending before the credits. Well done. That was that was probably the most epic plot breakdown I've ever heard. <laughs> I have set the bar so high, I don't know if anyone can top it. <laughs> so, Nathan, for uh when so let's let's so for anyone listening that's not familiar with our show or is new to our show, we like to uh celebrate these films uh and do what we call our positivity sandwich so we're going to start with some positives we're going to sprinkle in some negatives and then we're going to end on some positives so nathan let's start with you since you are my guest host this time around uh what are some of your positives about uh ultra galaxy word salad the movie this movie as all of the comments from your listeners have been saying this thing is huge (laughs) It, it is huge this is almost like and the funny thing is this is actually technically the first of a trilogy Mm because you have revenge of belial and ultraman saga after that and the thing that's insane about it is that this is like making your first avengers movie infinity war or endgame (laughs) i can see yeah i can see that yeah yeah because i've seen revenge of belial and it's not nearly as big as this one it's still good but it's not nearly as big no i watched uh i actually watched um uh revenge of the belial before i watched this one um and yeah this one's not nearly as this one's not nearly as epic or no revenge of belial i'm sorry revenge of belial is is not nearly as epic as this one this feels like the this feels like the grand finale but in true ultra man in true ultra fashion uh they always try to one up themselves yeah in one form or another and what makes this even more astonishing i guess you could say is that this was the movie finale tie-in for ultra galaxy right which was the current air quotes up to the mic as luke jack and eddie would say ultra series at the time my mm-hmm. joke about about there being a team of intergalactic pokemon trainers that's not too far off because <laughs> uh Alex no about people on a spaceship traveling from planet to planet and they had little capsule monsters that mm-hmm. they were using to battle villains and such and that char- those characters are in this movie Right. It's like, um, there's a name for them. If you're not familiar, it's they're half, let's see, they're half, what is it? They're half human, half Ultraman, correct? Is that how? uh, I think they're half Ultraman. Keep talking, I'll look it up, but there is a name for them. uh, It's Ray Blood. It's Ray Blood. Ray Blood. Okay. So basically, they got it from from Ray Bradbury. Right. So basically these Ray Bloods can control monsters and they travel from around, they travel around the universe, uh, ridding the universe of evil by summoning monsters. So basically Pokemon. Yeah. Basically but Pokemon. Bigger. But bigger <laughs> and more terrifying. Yeah. I, I almost referred to, uh, cause Gomera is our, is a uh, Ray. That's his name is uh, his go-to. I almost put his name down as a uh, Pikagora, Pikamora. <laughs> Pikamora. Yeah. I mean, or, or it, I also thought about Gamora too. 
<laughs> Gamora. Well, I think he transforms into Gamora Chu later on in the yeah. uh, in the in the movie. Yes, <laughs> when he gets it when he gets his special power up. Uh, burning Gamora Chu, even. Ah, yes, burning Gamora Chu. There we go. That's even better. Maybe burning you can buy that toy for your kid after you see the movie. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't have any kids, but okay. No, that's uh, the general message of the movie. Oh yeah, the, yeah. Let's, burning Gamora Chu for your kid see, after you see the movie. Well, that's one thing, but that's one thing that this movie does doesn't do that we kind of later see in other Ultra series where it's this is obviously toyetic. This yeah, this yeah, this movie is not as obviously toyetic. Whereas like we're like you and I both are watching Trigger right now. Yeah, and Trigger and even Z. Uh, prior to that was to most was, of the new generation hero shows have been doing this. This movie was actually made toward the end of the time when they hadn't, when super I hadn't started doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They hadn't quite got there. I think it was, what is it? Uh, Ginga. That's the first of the new generation hero shows. If I remember correctly, I think that's when it started. I think so. Well, I mean, but um, not Ginga, but uh, orb was, when was, or- when did orbs come out? That was 2016. Correct keep talking i'll look it up i think i think orb was 20 i think orb i thought always thought orb was the first of the new generation heroes oh, series it, it was ginga was it ginga okay so ginga Ginga's yeah. not long it's only 12 episodes uh, well you're right but regardless that is when subaraya or that is when subaraya productions rather started getting very very toy focused and i think that is why a lot of people like this movie me included is because it doesn't feel like it's trying to sell me something whereas uh some of the other ultra shows feel like they're just yeah. they're it, ginga, it's 20 it's ginga, trying to sell me something all yeah, the time ginga was the first that was in 2013 mm-hmm. okay and then orb you were right orb was 2016 okay okay gotcha so I like this movie. Like I said, I I saw this movie first. Uh, I think I watched this movie for the first time during Kaiju during our uh, stream of a uh, stream during Kaiju Quarantine. I think it, it may have been Kaiju Quarantine one it when I watched three. this. It was Kaiju Quarantine three. Was it three? Oh, okay, because it was Travis and I as the commentators, and it was a double feature with common writer Z O Zeto, however you want to say it. And okay. I had never seen common writer. Zo before. Well, I had never seen this movie, and this movie's nuts. Um, so I want to kind of get into a little bit more nitty, of the nitty gritty of what we like and dislike about this movie. For me, um, the, for me, the the VS the 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 SFX there the special effects I should say look amazing. They look so good in this. They do. I I'll save it. For the negative, the the negative part of the positivity sandwich. Are we yeah, talking the about the negativity mayo, the negativity lunch meat, whatever you want to call it? Are we? Are we? Are we? We have some. I have some issues with the special effects, but the fight choreography, the suits, they're all astonishing. Well, they are, and and we've gotten several. Um, we've gotten several suits that have been remade. Obviously, you know the original Ultraman suit from 1965 or not 65, 66 uh, is probably in a, it was probably dilapidated by this point and could not be. Oh used. yeah. They had, they weren't using that original suit anymore. Are you crazy? Yeah. Right. 
Uh, but all these, all these new suits from like the new generation heroes and all the old, like all the old suits that well, are no, coming back. This is actually before new generation heroes. The most current Ultraman at this point was Mebius. Mebius. Okay. And Which the movie why... starts with Mebius. It does. Okay. So that would, that makes sense because I actually never, like I'm still pretty young on my ultra journey. I have not watched Mebius yet. Although Mebius gets a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of positive feedback from it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been released by Mill Creek yet, but it probably will be very soon. Probably, probably. So, what are some other what are some other likes for the, some other positive things that we can talk about in this movie? <laughs> Belial, Belial, his dang <laughs> name. This is okay. So we need to we, we need to establish this now. Are we saying Belial? Or are we saying Belial? I prefer to say Belial because I think that's how you're. It's it's a Hebrew name. I right. think that's how you're supposed to say it. The people in the movie itself, in the Japanese, and also in the dub, because I'm guessing they're just copying that. They say Belial. I even Googled it, you know, and said, "How do you pronounce this name?" And they still say Belial. So I'm probably going to have to research it to find out because it's a Hebrew name. Like I said, it's one of several names used in the Bible for the devil. So Belial. Yeah. You can say Belial. That sounds pretty cool. I've even heard Belial. I've also heard that. No, we're not saying Belial. Who says Belial? Uh, but yes, Belial, uh, or Belial, I should say. Belial um, is a really interesting villain. And I think, and for me, who can appreciate a good villain, uh, I really appreciate Belial. Until you pit him up against Lord Zed, because we all know how that works. Well, we all know how that goes. Of course, <laughs> you know, of course. Of course, Zed would win. What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, like barely, but barely. But a wit. Like, what is what? Uh, uh, what does Mister Toretto say? Whether it's by an inch or a mile, winning's winning. Yep. So, <laughs> but no, uh, he's introduced here. It, he's interesting because there had been ultra characters, ultra air quotes ultra characters before who was supposed to be evil for what I was seeing online. He's supposed to be the first truly evil ultra, but there were other characters, like I said, that were either imposters or they were very similar to ultras uh, who were villains, but he's right. The, actual the first vil, uh, actual, actual evil ultra. And his name's appropriate because he's basically a fallen angel in this because right. he was, all of the ultras are basically these almost divine beings of light. And he was corrupted by power lust mm-hmm. and booted out of the land <clears throat> of light. And that eventually corrupted him. And now he's this dark ultra his with a head that looks like it's a shark. And that was actually where they got some of the design ideas for Belial was actually sharks. Mm-hmm. tell and you can tell one thing that i think is interesting and i haven't seen this talked about anywhere except as weird as this sounds on the special features for the dvd edition of the ghost rider movie with nicholas cage the director talked about how in a lot of old paintings of the devil he would have a hunchback because they, the artist literally interpreted you know, the fall of Satan. Literally, he was cast out of heaven and he fell onto the ground, onto the earth, 
crashed into it on his back and it screwed up his back. So he always walked with a limp. And I wonder if they did that intentionally because he's, <laughs> let's be honest, Belial's got some serious texting neck. <laughs> Very much so. Um, I, I just think it's really interesting about how they wrote his character, about how he was this, how he was a giant of light and then he was corrupted by power and then essentially was cast out of heaven, yeah. uh, for lack of a better way to put it, which there are some really interesting uh if you're if you're if you're a listener out there who has read the bible before there are some interesting correlations between uh this movie and how uh how lucifer was treated in the bible Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then uh, related to that another uh, another character who's introduced here as was pointing out pointed out by your listeners is zero he makes Mm -hmm. first big appearance here and he's One of uh, probably the only modern ultra who I think has managed to (laughs) achieve the same status as all the Showa ultras. I mean, he's the only one who's not Showa who gets to wear the fancy mantle and cape now. Which it never goes into, it never goes into detail on, I know, at least not in this movie, it never goes into detail on how they earn their cape and mantle. Um, I, I imagine there's, there's some media out there that goes into detail about how they can earn it, or it's just implied that you're in service to, you're in service to the ultra brotherhood for so long. You just kind of get in, you just kind of get inducted into the, uh, heroes hall of fame for lack of a better way to put it. Mm -hmm. I actually asked our friend Danny. If he knew, because I was really curious. And his answer was, you have to be Showa or popular. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's a really cynical way of putting it. But I mean, he's not wrong because yeah, because all of the Showa, all of the Showa Ultramen have their capes and they're what I imagine it. What I'm imagining is they're meant to represent elders like the Council of Elders, sort mm-hmm. of. Mm-hmm. Um, or elder- it, it is uh, it is some <clears throat> form of prestige authority mm-hmm. because outside of the Ultra Brothers, the only other characters in this movie, anyway, that we see with capes are uh, Father of Ultra, right, and uh, and Mother of Ultra had one as well, right, and Ultraman King, who yeah, to be the actual leader on. On Planet Ultra, that's the thing. So there's the Land of Light and Planet Ultra. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he seems to be the one who's actually in charge. I always figured until I saw this movie that it was actually Father of Ultra, but it's not. Apparently, it's not. Father of Ultras, Father and Mother of Ultra are high up there, but it's Ultraman King who's on top. Well, the first, um, the first time we see any Ultra with a cape, I believe it's Ultraman Taro. When all the other, uh, when the, all the other ultras are, are, you know, doing tar- well, I'm assuming they're doing, uh, uh, spacium beam training is what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the, so- yeah, I think Taro is actually their trainer. That's why I made the joke in my, in my plot synopsis, I called them space Spartans. That's mm-hmm. honestly not too far off from what I can gather about ultra culture is they're very much a 
They're very much a warrior people. They start training their ultra babies because you see ultra babies in this. It's kind of, you do. it's weird. <laughs> ultra babies. They start training them from a very young age to uh, for combat and things like that because their culture mm-hmm. is based around being protectors of peace and justice and all that fun stuff, ridding the universe of evil. Right. And, and, and I gather because there was some dialogue in this, there was some dialogue uh, in the movie that I, that I picked up on that each of the ultras have their own designated sector that they cover. Yeah. They're kind of like green lanterns from DC comics in that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, going back to some of our villains, uh, the first villain that we're greeted with, but aside from the kaiju, we 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 are when in the opening credits we are uh, greeted with between uh, a battle between Mebius and um, uh, Bimular. I think mm. yeah, it's it's Bimular, which and, is appropriate because he was the first ever ultra kaiju, right? Exactly. Uh, and then the and then later on, the first villain we see is uh, what is it? Evil Ultra, uh, who's actually what? What kaiju in disguise? Oh God, what is its name? Um, the one, the big head bird beak. Um, yeah, I'm trying to look it up right now, actually. <laughs> uh, but anyway, we see that we see them go to uh, to the prison where they are keeping uh, Belial or Belial. And see, I'm, I'm going to flip. I'm as hard as I try. I'm going to keep flipping. I'm going to keep flipping back and forth in this entire episode. Probably, um, we're going to we see them visit the the cage where. Uh, Belial is being kept and he essentially uh, breaks in and releases Belial and hands him the uh, what is it the ultra giganizer I think that's oh, what the, they think uh, yeah, the giga battle nizer the giggle ba- gig- with a battle from power right Rangers. right the the giga battle he hands they hand Belial oh, with the with battle nizer battle Battle Nizer. I'm sorry. Um, see, I'm still learning the terminology. Even me, I'm still learning the terminology. And I've been watching Ultraman for about a year now. Um, so essentially, this other alien being wants to join forces with Belial uh, to conquer the universe. Well, in true narcissistic villain fashion, Belial says, hmm, I have this really powerful weapon. Why do I need you? And then proceeds to kill that other creature and then uh, invade. Uh, villains don't like to share. No, I think that's, that, that's a, if there, if there's anything you can take away from this movie, villains don't like to share. They want all the things for themselves. Uh, so that uh, alert. So that, that activity uh, basically, the, uh, go ahead. The, the monster you're looking for is Zareb. Zareb. There we go. Zareb. I can never see. I can never remember that. I have a hard. I, I, I have an easier time remembering the kaiju names, but it's the alien, the, the kaijin names that I have a harder time with. The Sajin. Sorry. The Sajin names that I have a harder time with uh, remembering. So. What did you think about uh, Belial's debut in the movie? He makes quite an impression. <laughs> impression in that wall, as he uh, uh, Yeah, uh, and in most of the Ultra's skulls and various body parts. Uh, he he basically mops the floor with all of them. I mean, they very quickly establish 
in this movie, not only is he scary, he's powerful because he right. took on basically everybody and he won. I, I mean, he beats up several Ultramen when he breaks out of the prison. And then he goes to Planet Ultra and basically beats up everybody, every Ultra that's appeared on anything in <laughs> or about uh, well, basically the entire history of the franchise up to that point. They he even beats up the foreign Ultras. He took <laughs> he beat the snot out of Ultraman Great from Australia, and then the, uh, Ultraman Powered. Remember, I was here for Ultraman Powered. <laughs> uh, he tries to take a shot at him, and uh, Belial said no. <laughs> And, you know, this and this is something that kind of go into some of my negatives that the land of light feels awfully fragile. Um, so let me ask you, Nathan, if if breaking a mirror gets you seven years bad luck, <laughs> what how much how many years of bad luck does literally destroying the land of light, which looks to be made of glass, get you? There's an easy answer for this that would that would require a lot of math, which I'm not prepared to do. I would have to figure out how large Planet Ultra is, or at least the size of the portion that he destroyed. So we'll, we'll just limit it to that city, and then I would have to figure out the you know the all the surface area and all the blah blah blah. Basically, figure out the math of all of that, and then multiply seven by it. And that's what you get. And that's so, more math than I'm willing to do. So 11 billion years. Yes. Is what you're telling me. Mm -hmm. The Land of Light and Ultraman Taro is weird. Really weird. Like, I honestly, well, wouldn't be surprised if it was cobbled together by illustrations sent, submitted by children because instead of episode previews for a good stretch on Ultraman Taro, it was just the this little thing saying, hey, send, chilled kids, send in your illustrations of what you think the Land of Light looks like. And then they had an episode where Taro goes and visits the Land of Light, and I'm thinking, this looks like a carnival on crack. So you know what? I'll take the bizarre city of glass science fiction vista. Okay. Well, I was getting ready to ask you, I was getting ready to ask you uh, what the land of light was like in Taro compared to this movie, uh, because I haven't watched Taro yet. Taro is weird. Taro is what I, Taro is weird. That's that's what I've always heard about Taro is Taro was weird. But, you know, what's not weird is Taro's performance in this movie. What did you think about Taro's uh, performance ooh, in this movie? Taro, 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 Taro. My gosh, he may have single handedly saved the Land of Light. I mean, everyone I mean, we, we follow the rest of the characters who are going and fighting the villains and monsters and all that. But mm. they wouldn't have had a place to save if not for Taro. Taro saved. Uh, saves the last bit of light in the land of light. He keeps it safe. Yes. You know, he uh, yes. holds it close to his color timer. I mean, his heart and you know, he cradles it. And it's the one thing that keeps the land of light alive. It's very, it's a very, uh, fantasy story, sort of a thing where the, you know, the, the world is dying and there's one last little ember and we have to go find what we need to 
restore the world. I, I think the dub, I think the dub refers to it as the last spark or something. Yeah. Like that. Because the, the MacGuffin, the, the ultra MacGuffin, I called it in the, in uh-huh. the plot synopsis is the plasma spark because Belial takes it because apparently it is one of the ultimate sources of power in the universe. And, th- and then basically the planet dies. It turns into a frozen hell wasteland. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and everybody, all the ultras are frozen except for a handful uh, specifically the OG and seven. They're the, the mm-hmm. only two that avoided it. Mebius was got kicked off planet. So he avoided it. Right. And uh, then we, and then it's zero and Leo because they were training on another planet. So they're the only right. ultras who got spared, which I find, I, I, I really thought it was, I thought zero's story arc was interesting because we, we first, we don't hear zero's name uh, right off, but as the other ultras are gathering together and they're talking about, uh, basically disturbances in the force mm-hmm. uh, around the universe. One of them says, well, why don't we bring him in? And then they're like, no, we can't bring him in. And, and you're and you're perfectly seven. Who's I think said no. And yeah, it was seven who is, uh, we find out later is zero's father. Mm-hmm. And who actually is one of, who is actually the one who, uh, banished. If I'm if I'm if I'm remembering correctly, they're the one. He was the one that actually banished. I remember correctly uh, from the flat from the flashback. Admittedly, I watched this a couple of weeks ago because that's how last minute this <laughs> the my me replacing Travis was uh, this week. But I did catch some highlights before we started recording, and then you know we had everything going wrong. <laughs> uh, your mic sucks, but anyway. It's better now, though. Yeah, yeah, for now. But anyway, so I'm pretty sure it was Seven who caught him because right. he, it's his story runs parallel with Belial because right. Zero tried to touch the plasma spark. Seven caught him and mm-hmm. said, No, you can't touch that. You remember what happened to Belial? You need to learn a lesson and then sends him away to train. Yes. And that, and that is where we meet, uh, ultra set is where we meet Ultraman zero is on a distant planet training with Leo strapped in this weird RoboCop suit. Yeah. I think uh, it was to restrain him mm-hmm. so that, mm-hmm. that he couldn't rely on his full strength. He had to learn other less. He could, he had to learn not to rely on purely on his strength. He, you know, and, uh, right. So and it, you know, so it's basically rigging the game against him while he's training with Leo, right? Which makes sense. Which which actually makes sense. If you're going to train and punish someone, you restrict their power. Mm-hmm. Uh, you re- you restrict their ability to to work at their full potential, so that they have to learn to use other abilities to uh, make up for what they're lo- what they what they've lost. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is zero is most definitely again we were joking about it earlier zero's definitely a punk very much Especially so yeah. in this he's a punk but he's still a good guy he's still a hero and we see that because there's a point where he saves a pigmon so pigmon doesn't die and yeah. for the first time ever pigmon doesn't oh, die oh no, remember he didn't die empowered that's true that is true. He didn't die empowered. You're right. Oh yeah. So zero saves a pigmon's. Oh, he saves it once. We see pigmon earlier, mm-hmm. and then 
Zero catches basically a, a rock that was falling to the ground. He got under it, caught it, and then the Pigmon ran away. And in fact, he even says, like, get out of the way, get out of the way, you know, so he could toss the rock over. Mm-hmm. And Leo and the other Ultramen noticed that. Right. So they're like, okay, you're a punk, but you're a good kid. Sure. <laughs> you know, and that's one of the things that made them decide that in sheer desperation because who else are they going to turn to at that point? You know, when we get to the end and Belial is just, I'm going to switch between it. Unfortunately, Uh, they, he just beats the crap out of everybody. And seven is basically on the verge of death. And he's just like, there's no one else we can turn to other than zero. Right. And then he shows that apparently his eye slugger is a space message in a bottle, I guess. And he's just, (laughs) He throws it, it flies across the universe and lands on exactly where they are, which is hilarious. And they're like, oh no, something bad happened to Ultra 7. Whatever shall we do? (laughs) So, um, fast forward a little bit to our, uh, our human characters, our human cast, because there are, by the way, the group on the ship they're called zap spacey zap spacey interesting yeah i okay. saw it. i just saw it here on this synopsis yeah zap spacey all in caps hmm. I, the the ultra series has always had an interesting uh an interesting thing with naming their human squadron teams uh you've got because you've got with ultraman trigger you've got guts You've got storage with Ultraman Z. You've got Zap. <laughs> and they missed the the perfect opportunity. They never called them the storage unit. Yeah, that is true. Like I I I desperately wanted them to make that joke, but they never did. They never did. They missed a they missed an opportunity. You missed an opportunity, Superaya. Let me just say that. Yeah. Um which makes so what I mean, would they have had to name like if they had a like if that's the main you know, that's the main thing. It's just like the army. So like, did they have like a special platoon called the box? <laughs> what makes this show, what makes this movie kind of interesting. And actually it was what made the show that leading up to this film kind of interesting is in this, you have humans controlling monsters. Uh, we joked around a little bit earlier in the episode about how they were basically ripping off Pokemon, but uh, what did you think about our human cast for this for this movie? Admittedly, I think I probably would have gotten a bit more out of them had I seen Ultra Galaxy, which I have not. Mm-hmm. But I liked what they were they what they had to offer. They were they weren't your science patrol, right? Really, and for what I understand, there there isn't an Ultraman in Ultra Galaxy. It's about mm-hmm. them, which I think is a really cool idea. Make make give us a story set in the Ultraman universe, but it's about, you know, a team of human characters. Now we find out that Ray is special. He's a, basically a pseudo ultra <laughs> and he can control monsters. So we at least have things that we can recognize from the Ultraman universe. Right. But it's not about an Ultraman. No. No, it's, it's not. And, you know, I, I really enjoyed the fact that they got heavily involved, uh, especially in the, uh, the climactic moments of the film. Uh, 
I was getting like, especially during that final, that final sequence when uh, Belial basically transforms into a giant blob of made up of other monsters. Yeah, it's called a Belidra. Uh, a Belidra? Beliudra. Beliudra. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, but uh, yes, a Beliudra, uh, which I think we did the stats on. We, you and I did the stats on that thing <laughs> one time. Um, <laughs> yeah, because we were trying to figure out what's bigger, uh, Beliudra or Serpentera. It's Beliudra by a long shot. <laughs> Beliudra is about 3,000 feet tall. 4,000 meters. 4,000 meters. I'm sorry. 4,000 yeah, meters. I'm, I don't I don't know. Yeah, right now, the official stats are height, 4,000 meters, weight, immeasurable. Okay. <laughs> okay. But, I, you know, what I liked about our uh, human cast is they didn't just sit back and let the ultras take care of it. They actually got involved. And mm -hmm. I think, and Travis and I have talked about this before. We, the, the ultra shows, the, the episodes of the original Ultraman that we really particularly enjoyed the most were the ones where the science patrol actually got involved in the fight. They actually had agency and they actually did something and they didn't just let Ultraman take care of it. They actually did something. And, and that's what I really enjoyed about the cast uh, in this movie as well. Cause it, mm -hmm. like I was getting, for, for lack of a better comparison, uh, King of the Monsters vibes, King of the Monsters 2019, when uh, when they when uh, Mark Russell says this time we joined the fight and it was sort of the same vibe uh, with our human with uh, with Zap this time around. It's like when when it's time to to uh, pony up and, and face the bad guy, they all banded together along with the ultras to uh, to to help win the battle. And I really enjoyed that. I'm snickering right now because somewhere out there. Our friend Elijah is dying a little inside. Oh, why? I don't. I don't know why. I'm just. I'm. I'm just. I'm just comparing this movie to one of his favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> moving on. But no, the, are we still in the negatives? Because I was gonna. We well, that well, but we just been kind of bounce. We've been kind of we've been kind of bouncing around a little bit. So go ahead, Nathan. What are some negatives about this film? Because I know we related to the what you're talking about with how the land of light looks, and this is just an issue of a lot of modern films in general. Mm -hmm. But it's I blame the Star Wars prequels for because they're the ones that started this. There is a ridiculous overuse of green screen, and it is obviously green screen yeah and to the point where and i it almost becomes white noise you just kind of it's like that's not even there i love how it looks and you're talking to somebody who thinks matte paintings are an amazing thing in old tv shows and movies and all of that so i suppose you can make the argument that green screening all of these worlds is basically modern digital matte painting but it, it, there's an artificiality to it that it, it takes me out of it a little bit. So I, I have to knock it a little bit. Now, I'm sure there was no other way they were going to re realize this, especially on the sort of budget that they had. Right. Same thing about any modern Hollywood movie that does the same thing. It's going to be incredibly difficult to realize something uh, like what they do without using a lot of green screen like that. But then you have mm -hmm. filmmakers like Christopher Nolan, who completely 
throw that out the window and just do it old school and it looks amazing so there's trade-offs with all of it right i mean and and don't get us wrong i know we don't i don't really have a ton of dislikes about that movie about about this movie we're talking about but you know the overuse of green screen is one of them but given the fact that of the setting that they were in and the story they were trying to tell i'm able to overlook it because I don't know how else they would have been able to do it without the overuse of green screen. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, like I said, it would have been incredibly difficult to do otherwise. But like I said, the trade-off is that they got to give us some just fantastic looking worlds, the monster graveyard, the, the land of light, both when it was thriving and when it had been turned into basically the Arctic and so they were able to do some really cool things yeah the 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 monster graveyard is definitely nightmare fuel oh good lord yes <laughs> so's belly udra but oh belly udra uh, although you know although I, when i first saw this movie i was like what in godzilla's name is that that looks stupid but after watching this movie a couple of more times i'm like well that's actually it makes sense one and two, it actually looks pretty cool because if you think about it, Belly Udra, um, back when Zero wins, the, back when Zero wins the one-on-one -on -one battle with Belial, uh, uh, he falls into the pit of fire, and then all of a sudden they see all these dead kaiju come back, and they and they're basically being sucked into, basically being sucked into hell with uh, uh, with Belial. And they come out of they come out of hell to form this gigantic uh, creature made up of all these different kaiju. And you know what it kind of reminded me of uh, a little bit was uh, Fantasia. Uh, oh, with Chernobog. Oh yeah, yeah, Chernobog. That makes sense. Uh, I just couldn't think of the name. I knew it was. I knew it wasn't. I know he literally wasn't Satan. I know he wasn't just a generic demon. I know he had a name, but Chernobog. Okay, I wouldn't have guessed that though. Um, uh, funny enough, stumbled across a Funko Pop of him at my local Walgreens. Huh, that's weird. Right next, okay. to, uh, right next to a Godzilla Heat Ray Funko Pop. Interesting. Um. Okay. Whatever. But you know that whole sequence there, I thought was extremely well done. Uh, you could feel the, you could honestly feel the the weight and the and the and the situ and it felt like to me because in a lot of these superhero shows, you you know that the hero is ultimately going to prevail, but it did feel like that there was real stakes involved. Yeah. with this movie, and I really enjoy a movie that. Oh, this is I, the crazy thing about Belly Udra is you could see all the individual monsters moving. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it was incredibly creepy. Incredibly, incredibly creepy. And at the and at the head of Belly Udra sits Belial. And basically the only way to kill it is to kill Belial. So makes sense. But uh for for well, such obviously, a obviously uh zero saw uh infinity war, you should have gone for the head. <laughs> uh which which is i guess this is kind of one of my uh one of my negatives about it although although that effect is so impressive what it ended up what ended up happening to it was a little bit anticlimactic yeah 
doubt. I feel to, as big a threat as they paint Belial to be. Zero kind of wins a little more easily than I would have liked. Yeah, I wanted Zero to struggle a little bit. I mean, like, I really does. it's not like he just walks in there and one punches him. You know, he's not one punch man. But even yeah, after but- Belial turns into Beliudra, he still wins with a little less struggle than I was would have expected. Right. Now, it, I will tell you that that gets remedied a little bit in Revenge of Belial, the next movie. Poor Zero has a heck of a time with him in that one. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, I think I think Zero had a tougher time with Belial the second time around, which uh, which uh, much makes sense because Revenge of Belial is a lot like uh, The Empire Strikes Back, uh, where you know Belial has learned his lesson and he knows sort of how to beat the he he knows sort of what not to do, and he's a little bit more clever in the second movie, I believe. Uh, with still, what uh, he still uh, takes the go big or go home approach at the end, but right, he does. That is that is true. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he just does it a little bit differently. I, I know that one of your listeners said that this, uh, you know, that this was his first exposure to Ultraman, and then it just made him want to dive into everything. Okay, I, I have a feeling for most people. If they're uninitiated, they're probably going to watch this and be kind of lost. Mm-hmm. Assuming knowledge on the audience's part. And if you're invested, already invested in the franchise, you're going to get the most out of this and you'll be the most invested. Right. So there's that. And now I I saw this relatively early on on my personal ultra journey. So I was invested in certain characters, but some of them I hadn't really seen yet. And honestly, now I have a greater appreciation for it because I've seen more of the franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And along those lines, there's a lot going on. We've got, I think, at least three plots going on mm-hmm. throughout this, and they jump back and forth. They intertwine at certain points, and there's a lot of characters. Right. There's a lot of stuff going on. It's a very busy movie for, what, it's 96 minutes? <laughs> It's very busy. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, it, it feels, it, but it, it's, it, it feels pretty brisk. Like this movie flies by. It does, but it, it's almost overstuffed. It doesn't mm-hmm. quite feel overstuffed, but it's almost there. And there's, like I said, there's a bunch of stuff going on. Right. And then honestly, the score in this the score in it is good, but it's not memorable. I honest, I could not honestly tell you what the score to this movie was. If, if I'm being honest. Yeah. I, I, I honestly could not. I, I think, I think that the score works for what it is, but to be like a memorable, to, for it to be like a, like a memorable score to me, it wasn't. Yeah. But it, this could also be me. I mean, I tried listening to the soundtrack. I looked up the soundtrack on YouTube and, and I listen to it and I'm just like, everything sounds the same and nothing really sticks out. Mm-hmm. Something as big and epic as this. Why doesn't the music stick out? And it's also probably because this week I've been listening to the Ultraman The Next soundtrack, which was recently gifted to me. The score Possibly. in that is good. <laughs> Prob- probably so. 
Probably so. Now I haven't listened to the score of that either, but you know, probably your opinions are, are, are a little bit clouded by what you've been listening to uh, in other, from other ultras or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, so before we move on to our Godzuki score, uh, Nathan, uh, let's, I think you found us. I think you found a few fun facts about this movie. That you the, we've mentioned it already. You know, it's the first appearance of Belial and Zero. Right. Uh, this movie marks the last appearance of Shunji Iga, Iga, Igarashi in the Ultraman series. He's the guy mm -hmm. who played Mebius. This also is the last time he reprised his role as Mirai Habino, as well as his role in voicing Ultraman Mebius. Later, Shunji retired from his entertainment career in 2013. It's also, this also was Takeshi Aono's final role in voicing Alien Zarab, so the guy who dies at the beginning, as he retired in 2010 and died in 2012. This one's really interesting. Ultraman King was voiced by a former Japanese prime minister. Well, that is super interesting. Junichiro okay. Koizumi, who was the mm -hmm. prime minister of Japan in the early 2000s. Right. So there. You go. how crazy is that? This would be like, I don't know, making a Marvel movie and having a CGI character voiced by, I don't know, George Bush or Bill Clinton mm -hmm. or somebody, right. you know, right. a, a former president, basically. In this film, Dan Moroboshi slash Ultra 7's three capsule monsters, Wyndham, Miklas, and Agira from, from the Ultra 7 show, appear together in the same shot for the very first time. Wow, okay. This is, and finally, this is the first Subaraya production, Ultraman or otherwise, to be officially produced under the umbrella of its owner as of October 2007, TYO Incorporated, a Japanese advertising agency. Interesting. So, well, obviously this obviously this movie does not suffer from the same rights debacle as other ultra shows nope. uh, or other ultra movies. What'd you say? Don't get me started. <laughs> Don't get just okay. I'm sorry. <clears throat> you know, but you know, but we won't. But we won't go there. We won't go there. About uh, Travis complain for a while about Toei. I complain about Johnny's. <laughs> okay don't get started on johnny's don't, i won't get you started on that so nathan what would you give oh i should back up i'm so sorry so uh for anyone who is new to the podcast if you've just started listening to kaiju weekly we like to rate our films and television shows that we talk about out of five godzukis which is uh godzilla's bumbling nephew from the hanna-barbera cartoon so nathan what would you get? What would you give as your Godzuki score for Mega Monster Battle Ultra Galaxy the movie? I've been trying to figure out exactly where I would put it. It would be high. It really would. Because uh, I, I, hmm, I want to. Hmm, it's hard. I want to say 4.5. There's a part of me that really wants to go 4.5 with this. Mm -hmm. Really, really hard. But mm, you know what? I'm And I reserve the right to change my mind later. But I think for now anyway, I'm going to go because it does have some issues, unfortunately, that bring it down a little bit for me. But to play it safe for now, 
I'm going to land on a four out of five Godzookies. Beautiful. And what are your final thoughts? This is the Avengers of Ultraman movies. It's uh, if you're a particularly if you're a fan of the pre new generation hero eras of Ultraman, mm-hmm. you're going to basically have everything in here. Right. No, you're going to get it is a lot of fan service, but it's fan service done well and not fan service at the expense of everything else. Right. Okay, so uh, for me, I'm going to go ahead and also give it four out of five Godzookies because I think you're right. I think this movie has a little bit of something for everybody. Uh, For as busy as this movie is, um, the story is well written and you can follow along. You can follow along with it and understand what the heck is going on, because sometimes movies that try to throw so much into the pot uh, wind up getting muddled and kind of uh, ahead of itself in a way. Uh, And they are very and and they're kind of hard to follow. But I think this is one of those movies, those Avenger type big uh, big worlds collide type move, not worlds collide. What I'm trying, I don't know what I'm trying to think of, but this is one of those big movies, those, these big epic movies that actually feels like it was well thought out. Uh, there is fan service here, uh, but it's not, like you said, it's not done at the expense of story and it's not done at the expense of uh, giving us a, a good movie. Uh, mm-hmm. now the gripes I have with it, like I said earlier, are probably nitpicky and I'm willing to admit that. Um, but they are minor, but they are minor gripes. And I did, I, I it wouldn't be Kaji weekly if I didn't, uh, air my gripes and my grievances every now and then. <laughs> but, but I will say if you are a fan of the ultra series or, or, uh, better yet, if you're just now getting into the ultra series, um, I would say check this movie out because I would say that this movie is pretty accessible uh, for anyone new. Uh, you don't know, you don't have to know a whole lot about ultra lore to understand what's going on in this movie. There's a a lot that you'll, a lot more that you'll get out of it. The right. more you know about the, you know, about ultra lore, but yeah, it's not, it's not a very tall barrier i guess you could say Mm -hmm. that's true that is true uh so that does it for uh our review or our discussion rather on mega monster battle ultra galaxy the movie uh aka ultra word salad uh and we would love to hear what you guys think about the movie if you disagree with our review if you agree with our review please tell us online uh at our twitter uh, tell us on twitter at kaiju weekly uh and Always, we'd always want to hear from you guys and our listeners, uh, your thoughts and your feelings towards the, fil- the the films that we talk about. Well, Michael, how much of that did you remember? Absolutely none of it. <laughs> are we talking about the movie or are we talking about the episode? <laughs> Honestly, the whole, probably both, because first of all, that movie is a complete fever dream. <laughs> Second of all, it's been uh, it's been a hot minute since that uh, episode was released. I don't even remember the episode number, to be quite honest with you. I know it was during. Our it was in the. Course. I think it was in the eighties. 
Yeah, it was like it, it, I know it was during our listeners choice month. That's all. Was, I yeah, remember. September, if I remember yeah, correctly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't need to rehash all of that because everyone just heard that. So now it's time for the awards. So <laughs> that's why I brought you back. Because I'm like, if I'm going to put up an old episode of Michael and I talking Ultraman or Kaiju Weekly, I have to have him on to do the awards. So here we go. These are fun little <laughs> awards that we give out to particular aspects of <laughs> the episode or movie of Tokusatsu that we just discussed. And unlike the Oscars, our awards matter. And unlike the Oscars, hopefully I won't smack you for these awards either. <laughs> How do you know I won't smack you? <laughs> oh, come on. I don't think those tiny I don't think those tiny hands could hurt a fly, sir. Small but mighty, my friend. Anyway, moving on. That's what that's what she said. <laughs> I'm sorry. You deserve that one. <laughs> you deserve that one. Anyway, first I know, up. I know. First know, up, but, well, hang on. So, so we're, so we're doing these awards. Are these the awards that you guys took from the power trip podcast? Is that, no, what these are is? the ones that you stole, <laughs> stole <laughs> from us. Although I'm on both shows. So is it really stealing? Can I steal from myself? Well, I would like to say that you, you, I would like to say that you borrowed these awards from the power trip. <laughs> that's not what the podcast feeds tell me. <laughs> I, I think your timetable is a little bit screwy, my friend. You got I'm, a little bit of wibbly wobbly timey wimey there. I think I'm uh, well, I mean, okay. I'm living, yeah, I'm li you're, uh, you're be, living a little Godzilla versus King Ghidorah there. Uh, I must be living in the alternate timeline somewhere. Oh yes. The alternate timeline, the alternate timeline that exists only in your mind. <laughs> All right, awards. We got to get yeah, we, the we awards. Gotta, we gotta the do awards. Some awards. Yes, the first up. <laughs> first up is the Henshin Kick Award for the best fight or stunt. Uh, fight for the for the best fight or stunt. Best ah for the best stunt or fight scene. I'm editing most of that out. <laughs> You'll or get maybe there. I won't. You'll 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 get there. You'll get. It's no power range of motion. <laughs> but it'll work. <laughs> They're both puns, so let's move on. What do you have, Michael? <laughs> from from what is your favorite stunner fight scene from the Fever Dream, the Ultra Fever Dream? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that should be the title of this episode. No, anyway, I like Ultra Word Salad. <laughs> anyway, so my oh, my Henshin Kick Award goes to the training sequence between Zero and Leo. So yeah. I, I, I like you love a good training sequence. And this one is one of my favorites because it really established. I feel like it really establishes zero as, you know, this hero in training kind mm -hmm. of it really establishes him. And it, mm -hmm. it gives some nice, it gives some good nuance to his character mm -hmm. during and this. We don't, uh, although at first we don't even know who he is because he's covered in that restraining armor but we get the, to see him do things like hold up a mountain to save pigmon who doesn't die as i said in the episode <laughs> this is the one time pigmon doesn't die unless <laughs> unless he dies later and we just don't see it which i liked in my head canon he doesn't die at all yes 
Yes. No. The only other time this happened is in another episode of Ultra, the uh, uh, dealing with Ultraman that we talked about, which was Ultraman powered. That one right. was weird, but a little, that episode a was weird. I mean, those the, those Aussies are a little bit a little bit odd. That's for yeah, sure. That is for sure. So I had Belial versus basically all of the Ultras. <laughs> That's a good one. That's actually a really good one. That That was a long sequence, and he's just taking out every... It's just the smorgasbord of Ultraman cameos, and he is mopping the floor with all of them, firmly establishing his threat level, and he's he's just... He's taking out, like, Ultraman Chuck and uh, uh, his other two friends from... Ultraman the Adventure Begins, we see Powered, we see Greats, we, we see all of them, and he just takes them all out. And yeah, then Bel- he goes and fights half of the Ultra Brothers, then he fights Ultra Mom and Ultra Dad, and <laughs> just, just keeps going and going and going till he gets the plasma spark. He he's a juggernaut he, he definitely gave he definitely gave all the ultra men and ultra women the cold shoulder that's for sure <laughs> there we go because it ends up with a lot of freezing <laughs> what killed the Ultraman? the ice age you knew it was coming <laughs> you know but you've you you've talked about this before on this podcast too where the way you, 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 there are a couple of ways you establish your villain. You either make them as cool and as BA as possible, or you give them a little nuance. In this instance, Belial just looks incredibly, incredibly <laughs> badass. Yes, he does. So much, in fact, he beat Lord Zed. Moving on. <laughs> Those are not the poll numbers I saw, sir. <laughs> Those are not the poll numbers I saw. Uh, for those who don't know, that is in reference to you guys haven't done it since I think that last one just soured you guys so much you didn't do it. Yeah, it didn't was... sour. It didn't sour me. It may have soured Travis, but it sure, it sure did. <laughs> you sour did. Me. Yeah, you guys some would sometimes do a segment on Kaiju Weekly that was called Kaiju Clash, where you would pit kaiju or, or or kaijin sometimes i guess you could say against each yeah. other when they would normally not meet and you guys did belial versus lord zed that was the most exciting twitter poll i have ever seen because <laughs> it went back and forth all three days and i was never sure who was going to win okay <laughs> It was glorious. And then I think what it came, it was decided by what less than five votes. It was one of your most popular ones too. I don't remember. I know it was like, it got like over like 200 votes or something like that. And that's, <laughs> That's ridiculous. And it was, yeah, get- it was like watching an American election, presidential election. <laughs> We're not going there, sir. Yeah, I was We're not back going and forth, there. back and forth, back and forth the entire time. <laughs> it wins by the <laughs> narrowest of margins. Anyway. Yes. And now we're moving on to talking Toku for the best special effect. So, Michael, what was yours? Well, mine obviously has to go to the monstrosity that is the belly hudra at the end. <laughs> I mean, come on. That is, that is, what is that thing? Like 4,000 meters tall? Or it's something obscene. Like that? It's obscenely it's- huge. Yeah, it's like the size of a it's the size it's the size of a small planet or a small moon. I don't know, but it's obscenely huge because that was and I know that because I was looking up the size of that thing because uh, we were trying to compare that to Serpentera for the aforementioned pole. Yeah. 
Because I, yeah, I, I basically just wrote out, I was like, this is how it's going to play out. And I just wrote out how the fight progresses. And it ends up going to Veliudra versus Serpentera. <laughs> and then right. I don't know who wins. Because With, if Serpentera can work fast and get a good, a good hit in, he uh, Zed wins. If Billy, if Belial outlasts Serpentera for five minutes <laughs> and those AAA batteries run out, he wins. <laughs> well, I think we, I think we determined that Serpentera would essentially have to kamikaze itself into, <laughs> into Belyudra to, yeah. to stand a chance. So yeah, yeah, because that's Belial getting all 100 of his monsters and then they combine together and it looks horrifying. Okay. It oh, looks it, like it's incredible. It looks like a massive, this was my, go, this got my award as well. And, but you can, it's a combination of CGI and practical and you can see the individual monsters moving around all over oh, its it's skin. Incredible. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. An incre- it's an incredible effect. It, as far as like Tokusatsu, as far as like, uh, like Tokusatsu and practical and the melt and like the melding of the two suit uh, of, of suitmation and CGI, like that is some of the best you will see in a Henshin hero show. Mm-hmm. Well, this was a movie. <laughs> well, but it's, you get, it's, you get it's what insane. I'm like the build up to it is just nuts. And then you see Belial sitting on the, the very peak of its head and he's just kind of poking his head and be like, ha ha do things. <laughs> Am I allowed? Am I allowed to say that he was a grower, not a shower, or does this apply here? This is, I'm sorry, Travis. This is what happens when you're away, and I bring Michael on the show. We already have a fan on the power trip who keeps insisting that I need to do more dirty jokes on the power trip because you hold me back, apparently. But okay, I'm making up. I'm making up for it here, sir. Making I up guess so. And now we're moving on to coming at you for the best line. What did you have? Admittedly, these lines are coming from the dubbed version because when we were rewatching this, kind of in anticipation, just for fun, I just threw in the dub so I could watch it while doing other things because this was a very last second thing mine to no surprise comes from our lead villain belial or belial however you want to say it because you know me nathan and i love myself a good villain Mm -hmm. and this i'm going to try to read this in my best in my best belial impression oh have you heard the dub voice for him No, I have not. So this is—he sounds a little like this, (laughs) right? He's—I'm just gonna. Well, okay. So I'm just gonna make this up because it's been a while since I've watched the dub. So here we go. You will now gaze upon your people for all eternity with frozen eyes. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) That's a pretty good Belial there. I gotta say, thank you, sir. Appreciate it. There you go. There you go. And then I took our new. Well, this was noteworthy because it was the first appearance of Belial. It's also the first appearance of Ultraman Zero, and I went with Zero, also from the dub. I just love the moment when he first shows up and Belial asks him, who are you? And then in true, like, Lord of the Rings style, (laughs) he turns around and he says, Zero, Ultraman Zero, son of seven. (laughs) So is that, was that his bond? James Bond, <laughs> basically, <laughs> basically, because it, it has it has it has sort it had sort of the same cadence as the as the as the James Bond phrase. Mm-hmm. But no, I get it. It's it's a good line. It is it you know it does establish Zero 
as this epic character and mm-hmm. it's it, it is it's incredible i like it. Mm-hmm. good choice yeah. good choice yes and now finally one of my personal favorite awards <laughs> on both shows actually <laughs> wth the I, I, I can't oh wait hang on no, wrong, no, show. wrong show wrong show wrong show wrong show wth what the henshin which is what i was saying just a second ago because you were doing the wrong award <laughs> for the craziest moment what was yours the craziest moment was the moment before the Beliudra, and it's the gigantic battle between all of the monsters and the ultras and it's just nuts and crazy and yeah, all of our characters it's not all the ultras it's a it's like seven the original ray mebius so it's a yeah. handful of them against 100 monsters exactly 100 monsters monsters. so there are more monsters in this movie arguably anyway in all of common rider (laughs) yep because not a 98 episodes and not a batman or a bee woman to be found in a lot of take it (laughs) the best ones and and the Spider-Man as well. <laughs> the Spider-Man, yes. Spider-Man. Uh, I just love that. I just love that. It's it, it just illustrates just how well, aside from that, aside from the Belly Udra, it just illustrates how ridiculous this film is. <laughs> it really feels like the Infinity War, the endgame of Ultraman. And this mm. was the first of a trilogy. The first. Right. <laughs> Right. So, so where the franchise, so where the trilogy goes from here is just even more nuts. It's not nearly as epic or as big, but it goes to interesting places. Yeah. Interesting to say the least. Yeah. I like Revenge of Belial. That one's pretty good. Again, not as epic. And then Ultraman Saga is weird. When he, when he gets his Batman cape. Yes the emperor belial or whatever he's called yeah kaiser belial kaiser belial you throw kaiser on in front of anything it automatically just makes it cool yeah this is true kaiser Ghidorah. Mm-hmm. kaiser, kaiser soze kaiser's lord zed double title there <laughs> kaiser's kaiser zed it's like naming a monster king caesar just, it's kind of just, redundant just just <laughs> Just, just give it to me, Nate. No, don't give it to me. <laughs> I already have to put up with Travis shipping common writer characters, male common writer characters. I don't need you shipping us. I mean, that's just weird. <laughs> well, you're not my, you're not my type, sir. Yeah, not to mention, I don't to mention, I don't want Julie to uh, drive all the way to Indiana and murder me. <laughs> hey, she look. Julie has nurse hands, and those things can be rough sometimes. So. <laughs> I'll just be your, warned. I'll be take warned. your word for it. Anyway, mine is Mother Truck and Ultraman Dinah shows up out of nowhere. No setup or anything. And I'm still trying to figure out how he could do that because Dinah is technically from a different universe. He's from the same universe as Tiga and I think Gaia. So I don't know how he's here. And he's the only Ultraman from that particular era of the franchise all the other eras get represented and then he's the one guy there. And I'm like, why are you, why you <laughs> not Tiga? It's just weird. I don't get it, but I'm glad you're here. I'm just confused why you're here. 
sure. he's like mm. he's like he's like the friend that shows up at a party that wasn't invited but you're still kind of glad he showed up <laughs> even though he wasn't invited yeah especially at the end when the, you know 100 monsters <laughs> mm-hmm. i mean every 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 little bit counts even this in a mega true. monster battle yes this is true well there you go folks that is our awards and now michael it's time for minute two hold on we did final thoughts in the episode that i just shared with everybody so no minute to henshin it this week i'm sorry oh can we but oh but i had but i had a, a minute to henshin it we can't do the minute to henshin it no not this week oh well that just sucks i know buzzkill right All right, and after that wonderful conversation that nobody heard and nobody should hear, (laughs) Michael, shameless self-promotion. I mean, I'm a part of the network. Do I really need to do shameless self-promotion at this point? Yes, it's a requirement. Just go to kaijuramamedia.com slash podcast, and you're going to discover all the things that we're involved in. Kaiju Weekly is our flagship show. The Power Trip Podcast, a journey through the Power Rangers franchise with my co-host here, Mr. Marchand, and everything else that we've got going on. So yeah, just go go check out Kaiju Ramen. Mm-hmm. Also, by the time this episode comes out, physical copies of Kaiju Ramen number five will be out and available for you to purchase. Yes. So do that. And check out the blog on Kaiju Ramen where you can get some really up-to-date reviews and news items and things like that. I actually just posted a review of Ultraman Trigger Episode Z, the new finale movie for Ultraman Trigger. That just got posted about a week ago. So Nice, nice. Still working on my review for Godzilla vs. the Power Rangers, which has kind of evolved over time. Oh, yeah. I'm going to take a little bit of a different angle. I've kind of missed the window on the first impressions and reviews because there's a ton of that stuff on the internet now. So I'm going to go at it from a different angle. So hopefully I'll have that up in the next week or two. You realize that this has to be the most applicable, (laughs) like anything for us and all of our kaiju content creator friends, right? (laughs) It is the, we can literally have everyone on to talk about this comic. Everyone including myself is nerdgasming over this comic right now. Indeed. Indeed. And now <laughs> to close us out, thank you for listening to Henshin Men, a Tokusatsu Appreciation Podcast. You can find links to all of our social media in the description of this episode. You can listen to more of me on the Monster Island Film Vault and The Power Trip. And you can hear Michael on The Power Trip. And on Kaiju Weekly. And he used to do a solo show that's kind of dead in the water now called the Kaiju Groupie, but whatever. We're moving on. (laughs) If you found some enjoyment from this podcast, please consider giving us a five-star rating on iTunes and Spotify and on Podchaser, which is the IMDb of podcasts, apparently. And until next time, what are we going to say, Michael? No one puts the ultra baby in a corner.